This episode of the Disc Golf Podcast is brought to you by otbdiscs.com. At one point in time, if you listened to the show, you knew uh, about our little secret site to get awesome discs. Uh, it's not a secret anymore. It is a site where you can learn everything about the discs you're purchasing before you actually have them in your hands. Get disc weight, dominess, flatness, all kinds of ratings. Learn it before you get it in there and get your favorite disc at only the best discs. OTBDiscs.com. Use promo code DGPODCAST to get free shipping on your next order. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 231 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin, and alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Can't stop, won't stop. Woo, ready to go. We just got, yeah, we just got all these all these episodes. We're getting like deep in them. There's like disc golf news, and, and Ricky Wysocki is a god, and I just... In like multiple ways. Like, I... I'm still like uh, I, I love Ricky Wysocki. Like he just is so healthy. Like I've never seen this Rick. We've never seen this Rick. I don't know how you beat this disc golfer. Like watching what he's doing. I mean, like punches mostly. Maybe yeah. I mean, baton. Physical violence seems like the the best way to do so. But. He even left some putts on the table that we would normally expect him to make and is still an absolute monster. It just... He's out of his head. It's awesome. He's out of his head. It's awesome. I feel like he, he's been in his head his whole career till now. I feel like his rapport with other disc golfers, his energy, his talkativeness, like, I think he's he's moved from, like, up-and-comer to elder. And it's just helped his game so much. He's his, just, his he's fun. Like, is... I feel like there's like banter between him and Paul now, like in between holes. And he talks to other disc golfers. I mean, real, two real, years ago, last year's go. Last real talk. Paul has no choice but to respect Ricky now. 100%. You, you, you see the change in, in demeanor and how Paul used to talk about Ricky. And, and the kind, there's been, you know, disrespect, you know, lobbed towards Ricky in the past that then led to Ricky winning his back-to-back titles uh, and still kind of comes through in a couple of things where, like, even in the Jomez this last week for Jonesboro, uh, both Coling and Yuli mentioned that, like, if you put a little pressure on Ricky, you know, you can you can break him down. But when, he front, when he's a front runner... Um, and he's ahead and he's feeling that groove. You can't stop him. And it's still kind of, I'm like, I'm like, you guys are wrong. Like, I, this I would is, say pressure doesn't, pressure does not matter. Anymore. I'm like, you are wrong. This is, this is, you're watching someone just absolutely dominate the field. And this isn't like, oh, you need to put some pressure on him. This is like, he's stomping on everyone's throat. It might be the new world of like the pressure, which is something we always talk about, Paul. The pressure might be the piece that he's like, all right, give it, let's go. 
Yeah. Like, let's cool. I, I think so. Give me that think, juice. Let's get after it. I think it. Rick has learned from that, and that is a thing of the past. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But I we haven't seen Rick fade in uh at, down the stretch in, in quite some time. And his game looks so complete and so polished right now that I just don't know. I I think that that is a that take on on Rick is was dead a long time ago and I don't I'm not totally sure why it's still And I think I think beyond just the the Paul piece and obviously won, you know, world championships and and people understood how good he was but I feel like the respect from the disc golf like the pro disc golfers has increased too. Yeah. Like I think the way that they talk and we've all watched tons of like the big sexy and uh, big Barry, all that commentary. Like you always hear them talk about like Paul Macbeth's insane, like all this, like, wow. And it's shifting now to them talking the same way, if not more about Rick. Yeah. Well, Rick is doing, doing things that I, I'm not sure we've quite seen before in terms of the dominance. And, and on top of that, Calvin is playing out of his mind as well, and it, and really, honestly, gave Rick pretty pretty good run for his money until the very end when Rick just kind of ran away. But is is but the, it's it's still he still had a challenger there at the end. Like it wasn't like Rick was running away and hiding with his lead. Calvin was within a couple of strokes, I believe close to like one stroke behind to start the round in the final round. Yeah. Yep. And, and had a chance to catch up early on. They for a minute. Had a, for a minute. Yeah. Rick started slow. He was not doing yeah. great. And then he was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I got to win. I okay. guess, I guess I should, uh, I, should, I was thinking about that. I guess I should, we tell, just jumped right in. Tell the people what we're going to talk about on this show before we just jump right into Jonesboro. It was just so much. It was so much good tournament action on a on yeah. a fun course just tell the people because i want to get right so, back into this we got a great show for you tonight we're going to recap the jonesboro open we're going to talk about the mid-america open which has moved courses uh we'll give our picks for it and then we'll do uh we'll talk briefly about uh the beaver state fling which was uh canceled and is now going to be replaced by a new tournament so we'll hit that and then we'll do our world famous deer review our disc and beer pairing where we take a disc we take a beer we review them both and let you know whether you should bring on the course tonight we have the uh essence by disc mania which is an eight speed six glide minus two turn and one fade uh control driver and we're going to pair that with cryo stash by hop valley brewing company which is an 8.7 percent uh imperial ipa imperial ipa yep so yeah we'll, we'll we'll hit it it's gonna get real but why don't we get right back to Jonesboro? So, so here's my question that I want you to get through that before I asked. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this for a long time. Like that there is like that top tier and then there's like elite kind of underneath that, you know, like kind of the top 10 you can split into almost like three different little yeah. sections. Yeah. Yeah, tears. is 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 Paul up there with Rick and Heimberg right now? Not right now. 
Not right now. Not, not is there opinion. anyone that's up there with Rick and Heinberg? No. So in that next tier, right? The next tier, Paul, for sure. And I mean, Calvin's putting of late has been just unreal. Like, to the point where you're like, is Calvin the best putter in the world? Because he is hitting from all over the place and hitting unlikely shots. And normally we just crown Rick in the putting category. Yeah, but Rick's missed some stuff. He has. But, you know, Calvin has made some more spectacular putts. And, you know, the the previous week even just, like, unbelievable all over the place. Um, You know, fantastic shots. So, it's... And I think they have comparable. I definitely give the nod to Rick with backhand. No, no, I give mm. Rick gets the nod forehand. Well, one hundred percent, a million percent. Calvin forehand. Can, Calvin can smash. Well, so can Rick, though. So much farther. Mm, I don't know about so much Rick farther. Is, Rick has shown some distance, but I, I think, don't know so much farther. I think, I, I'll give I'll give a tip to to Heimberg distance. Yeah, backhand, not yeah. by a ton. Control might be a little bit better from Heimberg too. I think so. But because of the forehand, yeah, like difference, mm-hmm. like that puts Rick like that easy number one. Yeah, I think Calvin might. Have, I mean, you saw it just just uh, on, totally on this course. Ca- Calvin mm-hmm. Calvin has really good forehand distance, but it's not consistent. No, um, I, it, he's he is he has a elite forehand. Yeah, but it's not. It's not in the same tier as right. Ricky. He has like a, a tier one, not like a or a tier, whatever we want to call it. Ricky has has the tier one A, and and Heinberg is like a tier, you know, one one B. Yeah, sort of. If if one we had C to, maybe too, if like, we had to put a label on, yeah. on it, you know. Yeah, very good, but not cons- like distance is is top tier, but consistency, uh, accuracy is what I mean more so by yeah consistency. Yeah. Well, on top of that, what Rick can do in the short range, you don't see a ton of approach forehands from uh, from Calvin, uh, right? In terms of like, what I mean, Rick if you can throw a with, rhino, with like, pig. why would you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got a rhino guy and a pig guy, you know? Yeah. So, but it's still a ton of fun to watch. But uh, they're both. It, it was odd because in the final round, they both missed putts, especially early on. Early on in the final round of Jonesboro. They had both missed putts, two holes in a row, taking pars, and Paul had chances to take strokes and and get closer to them and couldn't couldn't capitalize. Well, pa- Paul is, uh... and then they it just continued on, and it looked like early on it looked like it could be a three horse race. It did, and then all of a sudden, Calvin and Rick just kind of took off. Rick specifically. Right, but what's what's Paul's issue been? Not this, not this tournament. What has Paul's issue been this year coming into this putting? And his putting was pretty exactly. solid. Well, he, he, his off the tee was a little gross. Well, it, but in the beginning, he had some circles edge putts that he could have banged. And, that's true. And, that's true. And and take it in place. So I I just in general, the whole thing is not. Paul hasn't. Paul is off. To some degree, for whatever reason, I'm sure he could actually tell you, matter of fact, what he is off on. Which he might say because, spoiler, we'll get into later, he just pulled out of a tournament. Yeah. So, um, 
He's the type of guy that'll put some sort of Instagram post out or something and tell you exactly so why let us know what's going on. Yeah, you know, dealing with with X Y Z. So, but nonetheless, if I had to take, you know, two players, or if there's if there's a three, I, so far this year in 2021, Rick and Calvin look like the players to beat, and Paul. I, I every time we doubt him, he comes and does something. So I, I, it's hard. Except for when we were doubting him, and then I chose him to win this tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that time. True. And maybe True. the last two times I chose him to win a tournament. Yeah. But aside from that, always comes through. Um, I mean, that was the the huge big story, Rick and Heimberg just crushing it. But I do want to take a moment. To point out a big up and comer that we've talked about a few times, and it really like in comparison to the way we talked about him last year, and I think I even probably talked about him last episode, and maybe the one before that too. But Casey White's just skyrocketing him his way up. Yeah. Oh, we he, talked a long time actually last episode about. We did. Him. No, it's fine though. Do you see that 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 tilt shot? Yeah. Yeah. That he he threw like a, a crazy forehand over the way up over the top super spike and like almost no chains Poss- uh, possibly yep. I'm pretty sure no chains he showed a picture too on like his Instagram or something about like how much that fucked up that uh, <laughs> base plastic tilt <laughs> yeah I mean Casey had a had a great opening round and uh, was playing fantastic and he just kind of seems like maybe he's one of those intangibles guys where he just he doesn't he's not super flashy he doesn't have huge distance but he can do everything really well he can putt he has forehands he has backhands he has crazy grenade shots <laughs> he's just got step putts i mean he's and i only say it this way uh in the hopes that someday this this other man listens to our podcast he's like a young yuli yeah yeah could be like Think about what has separated Yuli this entire time. It's not elite distance. Clean lines, forehand, background, yeah. great putting, uh-huh. weird random shots, yeah. like just being a positive, fun dude. Like Tight fairway accuracy. You I'll, know. I'll say it one more time and then we'll move past. Yeah. Casey White can improve distance. I think so. Yeah, I mean, dude, dude is twenty one, right? Dude's twenty one and lanky and hangs out with yeah. Simon. Like, yeah, he'll it's, break it it's down, build it up. It's gonna be okay. The other uh, big story of this tournament was Ben Callaway, uh, who is has been around. He was an amateur champion. Uh, uh, like, Beat uh, Ben Ben Askren, I believe. For uh, <laughs> I think so for amateur uh, championship. But uh, so Ben Callaway, who. Uh, played incredibly well but but couldn't quite uh couldn't quite close it out but at, it was it was fun on the live because they were talking about him the whole time and like well when do we get to see this guy and finally in the last couple couple holes they put ben callaway up and uh he ended up finishing in 10th place which is fantastic yeah but it wasn't uh, quite after after some tremendous rounds early on he kind of cooled off a little bit. Any so. other big stories before I run through the? Um, I really like uh, Thomas Gilbert's game, Gilbert. Gilbert. Oh my gosh! So speaking of Instagram, uh, 
there was, and I think Paul Macbeth just reposted it, but he, there's a video of like, he put up that's like, that was like how to be a spectator. And it's just super Canadian Gilbert. Cause he, so if you watch not the last one, but two uh, OTB skins episodes ago where he was on it, he was like, I've only, I think it's my first time playing the skins, but I've been in like eight skins episodes. Cause he always goes and spectates and watches and has a good time. And it's just this clip of like, just watching Gilbert hanging out, smiling, like big ear to ear grin, watching people throw and being pumped like such a positive rad dude. Yeah. I, my, so my takeaway was, uh, in, in the first round, uh, when he was on, I believe it was the Jomez card, uh, for that one. Um, could I, maybe not. It might, it was actually live. I think that I saw this one. Um, but on hole 12, it, hole 12 is like an uphill hole where there's like a line of trees on the right-hand side that are blocking you, and you need to throw as high and as far as you can, but still kind of stay to the left side. And he put himself OB off the tee, like in a, you know, right in front of that space, but ended up taking a lie back, like way, way back for the sole purpose right. of throwing over the top of these trees and he threw this gigantic hyzer spike over the top of this huge tree line like i'm pretty sure i couldn't even get to the tree line from where he threw on the line that he threw but he threw over these trees and put himself in like a like eh, you know like mid-level c2 spot to get a par after throwing ob and it was just an incredible shot. So I, I'm pretty sure it was on the live that, that I don't think it was on one of the post-produced. Yeah, it was only, I but, think it was only on the live. And I watched. But that. it was just bananas. It was nuts. The The shot that he threw and the fact that it got so close to the basket, I believe it even got a little ground action that it could have been closer. But yeah, man. And, and he just kind of got yipped out kind of towards the end of the first round. Yeah. He was doing so well and it just. But there's been a lot of great uh, Thomas Gilbert highlights over the... Well, in the same way you talk about Casey White, like he's, I think, only like 21 or 20. He's super young also. I don't know how old he is. He's young. I haven't checked. He's, I'll he's have to a, look that up. He's a young boy. You know, I, I can tell I'm getting old because anyone that is like under 30 to me like could either be 14 or, or 29. I just, oh, no. The worst is when, you know, you hear... The disc golfers talk about their ages, and I'm like, you're that much younger than me. Uh, I thought you were just like this old grizzled yeah. veteran, and nope. Pretty soon, Joe, we're gonna have to call this like the the MA40 disc golf podcast. I'm pumped for MA40. I might start playing tournaments at MA40. <laughs> we might not be the disc golf podcast. We'd be like the disc golf geezers. I'll also be the disc golf podcast. We'll just get like some young guy. Are we to join out of us. touch with the the Dogecoin youth that that. I mean, I downloaded Coinbase. I didn't get all the way in. I thought about <laughs> jumping in, uh, but I, I didn't I didn't finish up because, you know, ADD, ADHD, and whatnot. Oh man! Um, all right, you want to you want to run down a, oh, yeah, yeah. a, a <laughs> top ten for for MPO, and then we'll oh, get yeah. on to FPO. 
Right. So Rick, as we talked about, minus 35 uh, first place. Calvin minus 31. It was closer than this for a second. <laughs> we should note, I don't know if we mentioned it, but Rick had no bogeys in the whole tournament. Yeah. Did we? I don't think we did. I don't but, think we did. But we Rick didn't. did not bogey a single hole in Amazing. this tournament. And at the end of this tournament, it was like raining sideways and windy as hell. Like it was crazy. His lowest rated round cruising to a finish, I believe, was 1064. No. Yeah, you're right. So he had, his rounds were first round 1079. Uh, 1065 in the second round and 1064 in the final round. So, woof. Yeah, oh he's, my he's, goodness. He's pushing his way to standing at the top alone. Uh, Heimberg already said 31. Eagle McMahon, minus 28. He uh, had an all right first round. His second round started really well. And then his final round, he uh, again started super well and then kind of slowed down, but still great for him. Uh, Kevin Jones had a f- great final round um, or a very good final round to push himself into fourth. And then we had a three-way tie for fifth, Adam Hammes, Casey White, who we talked about, Paul McBeth. Oh, and Casey White took a double on the final hole. Wow. He was just trying to hunt that uh, third or standalone fourth place. 18's a tough hole. It is. There, oh, totally. Any number of things could have happened. That hole is brutal. It's super brutal. And if, if the conditions were anything like what it was for the lead right. card, um, he was dealing with a ton of wind. And, and then Paul McBeth, who who absolutely, and I and uh, big fan, absolutely fell apart final round. Yeah. Uh, and then, I saw some people complaining about his um, his demeanor in in the last round in terms of whether he was like playing for the the win anymore. Uh, I saw a little bit of like kind of demonstrative behavior, but overall, I mean, he made some huge putts and and was pressing his lines. I, to me, it looked like a guy that was that was. Um, We've all been there. There definitely there were some bad I, throws. I saw that he it. stepped up and threw a frustrated throw. Yeah, and there were times that he nailed it, and there were times that he. Threw a bad throw because he yeah. didn't take his time. So I, I think that's more... I, I don't think it's Paul throwing in the bag sort of thing. I think it's Paul frustrated, plays fast, and plays mad. And, and you just saw Paul McBeth be human. Yeah. Maybe if for the first time since so, you've gotten into watching disc golf. So, which but, happens. I mean, down the... It, like, I could see that in, like, the middle stretch of the final round where he wasn't playing particularly great, but then he ripped off four birdies in a row and was hitting huge putts and running lines, and I don't know. I it, Sometimes it takes a moment. To, you got to take yeah. it. You got to... You, just frustrated like you, I, you know he's frustrated totally but he was and, and he, he was running frustration which was new yeah but it wasn't like a lingering frustration you know where he screamed at himself after every throw yeah or anything he maybe had a throw real quick after that wasn't on the level that he's capable of and For then sure. shook it off and moved forward um and then uh chris dickerson uh minus 24 and eighth Miles Seaborn, minus 23 and ninth. He's been around for a minute. He's DD, and I know in the live cards they've talked about him too, that he's just slowly kind of creeping his way up and up consistently. Uh, so I think we'll see him some more um, and then talk about 
frustrated throws and whatnot. Nicola Castro in 10th. Drew Gibson also in 10th, both at minus 22. And then as Robin brought up earlier, uh, an up-and-comer that I guess has been around for a minute, Ben Calloway, uh, all at minus 22. Yeah, Ben's been around the scene for a while. And then Colt Montgomery, I only bring up, and I know he's in 13th and kind of out of it, but had a super solid second round, started to push up, and then kind of just... Didn't get all the way there on, couldn't, on the final couldn't round. Couldn't keep this theme going. So um, FPO, uh, FPO is really um, the the first round was fairly evenly matched. I mean, you had Katrina Allen and Paige Pierce were were like right up there. Well, and Hokum and Heather Young. Yeah. Oh no no no. Um, uh, Macy Walker. Sorry. All were tied. Uh, so Cat was a stroke ahead of Paige Hokum and 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 Macy so, Walker. So after not yeah, Madison you're Walker. right. So after after round one, it was Katrina Allen at eight down, Paige Pierce at seven down, Sarah Hokum at seven down, and Macy Walker at seven down. So those and Macy Walker was impressive, by the way. I, she was. She I, was honestly in the second round. It was. You can. I think you can give four strokes to the camera. Yeah, I think so. She still had some great shots, though. She did. She had great shots. She also had some, some gross spit outs on like very solid putts. She had uh, what was it on sixteen? Oh no, here where is it? On twelve. On twelve. I'm like so lost. Sorry, you want me to go back to round one? No, go round two. Go round two. Okay. Because that was the big one. Um, and then if you can sort by just, uh, oh, you're right. Okay. So yeah, I think, yeah, on 12, that's right. She just got pooped on. She went from a birdie run that rolled down the hill and then went to lay up and had a beautiful layup that somehow got on edge and rolled back down further yep. than her original layup and then yep. t- took a double, went from not really a birdie run, kind of a layup that rolled into a double. And then, I mean, her first hole uh, taking a double, a bad drive. Um, yeah. A bad approach. Like she just, that was all camera, all camera. And I was like, but I she's, don't know. She's got a nice forehand and uh, backhand, and and, te- and and a great backhand, and putts pretty well. And I, I, I was impressed. I with- would keep my eye on her because her putt yeah. was actually yeah. super solid. Yeah, I was actually blown away by her, her putting. I think she has great backhand distance, and her forehand was very good. Yeah, but this really came down to after that first round where we had what seemed like a a close race Katrina Allen just absolutely curb stomped everyone everyone and it was actually kind of funny because I was watching the footage and taking notes after like hole five Paige Pierce had actually taken the lead versus versus Katrina uh because they yep. she was only a stroke behind and in the start of the of the uh of the uh the second round Paige was able to get a few early birdies and was actually able to overtake Katrina like on hole four. Um, and then um, from that point forward, Katrina birdied virtually every hole. 
going it just continued to birdie and everyone else around her was playing okay not great but but Katrina had every single aspect of her game firing like I can't even remember a tournament where she did it like this it was just she was hitting big putts she was hitting short putts she was her drives were immaculate the approach shots were perfect like she just aside from like I know it exists. I know it exists, but it, maybe just this year is fogging my memory. Like I can't tell you, and I know it exists, and I'm sure we talked about. It, I can't remember a Paige Pierce round that was this good. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, twelve down, twelve, just so good. Like every piece was so good, and and I swear, like sixteen and seventeen. During the second round, she was just like, I'm playing percentages. I'm just going to get my pars. Uh, I don't want to mess with. So Katrina's second round was rated 1041. Yep. Which is, let me, uh, I can, I think I can sort Yeah, that. I think so. So, uh, which was, oh my God, a, a, a whole 60 points. Uh, 57. Yeah, 57 points higher. Then the next, then Vanessa Van Dyken, uh, on that round. So she just, uh, I mean, Katrina just went supernova in in round two, and not to mention her round one was a thousand three rated, right? And she already went in leading, yeah. and, and, and then, she just was, and then, whew. and then, capped it off with a nine seven eight, uh, just final cruising, round. just cruising, just to cruising, because she had a ten stroke lead going in she started with a one stroke lead in the second round and expanded that to a 10 stroke lead 10 she strokes just played out of her mind uh for multiple days in a tournament uh but one just like extra special every putt was so clean drives were super clean this is a course where you need to get off the tee in a specific way and I don't think there was a single time she maybe got in a pinched place and then had a great upshot. She played percentages super well, was super smart when she had maybe not an ideal drive. Um, didn't try and hero shot anything. She and she she didn't have any uh, like watching the coverage. They had like the Bushnell distance. She didn't have any drives that were like insane like i can't believe like in like in comparison to to page drives yeah but they were all fantastic exactly where you want to be and then the upshot was exactly where you want to be and if it wasn't the putt was nails so many times elevated baskets um death putts like real bad danger if you float by smashed them all and and they weren't I can maybe remember one that the the basket saved her, but ninety five percent of her putts were like center chains, smashes, yeah. exactly where you want them to be. Uh, Rick had some fantastic play throughout this round, the, this tournament, and uh, him and Calvin together were a lot of fun. But I think if you watch one round of this tournament, you watch round two, Katrina Allen, and it's on GK Productions. Uh, watch it because it she was 
absolutely dominant and it it was just incredible i'm telling you right now and gk because i know you're listening like you need to put an edit together of cat's second round yeah like you need to just put i want that i want the same way like we've had like uh Pure Heiser production. If you don't know this, look it up. Look at uh, Ricky Wysocki, Orange Vale, like 1071 round or 1170. Yeah. Can you imagine throwing a, a bogey-free 12-down round on on a championship-level course? Uh, so we have a course locally. I mean, I've never thrown 12-down anywhere. Putt. Exactly. That's a pitch and putt, basically. If you listen to the pre-show, you heard about it. Um, I can't imagine throwing a 12-down there. I can do that. We could do that. We yeah. could. We haven't. We haven't, but we, we could. could. That course, hell no. <laughs> no. I want to. I want to putt like cat. <laughs> just. I want to be able to putt like cat, and that's a big deal. And drive like cat, and approach like cat. Um. Yeah. She put on a. So the question is, clinic. What if cat has figured it out? Like, what if cat has conquered her yips on the putting green? And and this is who she is. Like, it, it she's already got the distance that Paige has. Yeah. And if she is like you know mentally iron trap like she was in this one, I she's she's easily the Dangerous. front runner to, to win worlds. But I'll tell you, beyond Paige, someone else that impressed me a ton, a ton this round. Everything didn't fall the right way. Um, Hokum's backhand. Yeah, no, she had she had a, a good amount of backhand shots, especially approaches that were solid. I mean, off the tee too. Like she was putting like three fifty ish backhand clean. Yeah, which is new. That's not I've a always, Hokum thing. I've always wondered, like, if you're good enough to to dial in your forehand to that level, why can't you figure out a backhand? Well, she's figuring and it out. She's figuring and it I out. And I swear, there were at least. Five putts that were inches away, yeah, from dropping, yeah, for her. Um, no, she's been great. She's which, had. I mean, overall, can you go to round three? Can you tell me, if, yeah, if that would have like just let's call five in the second round alone. Um, could could have been clean second place. Yeah, like she was so close. I was very yeah. impressed with her backhand, her putting. Um, was so good that I felt like that today. I had a lot. I had a lot of those little like uh, mm-hmm. little nub kickouts today, where it's just over the basket, but not enough to get over that kicked out. Yeah, and she had a ton of those. Um, I'm I'm very impressed with Hokum's game right now. Yeah, I, Hokum is a is a confident pick for me, and in, in pretty much going forward. Yeah, uh, I really like that. She's, she's got the she's, she's got the MVP. She got the, it down yeah. now. MVP with the Hokum and Conrad uh, signings, like they've they've had made some solid additions, and these players are paying dividends for them. So I I like it. So yeah, so that's that's how right, I you want to run through. It. Let yep. me I'll resort it for you so it goes to uh, to total if you want to give the yeah. So cat uh, uh, just cruising to win minus twenty three in first, minus fifteen page in second. Um, we didn't talk a ton about page. Lots of issues off the tee. Yep, lots of issues. And off the, tee. the putt isn't a confident putt. It's it's okay though, and it's really close. And I feel like that's been the case. And I I've talked about it in other tournaments this year, but where it's just like 
she's been so close and it's not just in circle putts but like just missing yep. circle two putts she had lots like, of weak side just missing on these like yep. kind of iffy putts that are totally. like longer distance where if she cans them it's like maybe it starts a run um so like the 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 sleeping giant is still there. Like I, oh, I'm, totally. I'm still ready for Paige to serve. She, she, yeah. Like I, we're not burying her in any, not at all, any, any way. But she's still out through. Every, like if she got a was, hold of it, she out through everyone by uh, 75 feet. Yeah. She just had weird things where, and and I've been there. You've been there. Well, I've been there more than you because you're a smarter player. But I'll be, I'll disc up and be like, I'm gonna rip this super hard and it's gonna work. And be like, oh, it popped out of my hand early, and now I'm super left, super early. And that's not going to work or the same thing where it's like I grip locked or I went too understable or I oatsed it and now I'm way right. Like there yeah. was just lots of errant tee shots. Mm-hmm. Um, her approach game wasn't bad. And then putts just weren't the same confident. And you know what? Her putts were probably fine. It was just watching Cat versus her in the yeah. second round. That was just like. I, you know, Paige has always had issues on the putting green. Just she's never had the yips like like Cat has right. at, at close distance. But she's definitely had her errant shots. This time it was just. Uh, there. This whole year I feel like she's had a lot of. Every time it was like a, like a, a 50-50 you know, sort of hit from a, 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 a non-expected make distance, she didn't get it. I feel like yeah. every single one of those shots, like those those outside circle, whatever they are, she just hasn't gotten the fall this year so far. And it, I, I I don't know. She's still she's still getting after it. She's still hunting. Um, but she just hasn't gotten that yet. This is like the third tournament where I've come out of it watching her play and being like, oh man, that thing was like a nub away or like a weird chain kick totally. away yeah. or whatever it was from being a massive like, you know, circle two putt that could have rallied her round. And instead it was just like a disappointment and didn't quite start, you know. And then like a roll and, away or something. Yeah, and, make, and yeah. that stuff is meaningful when you're playing these rounds. Like getting that energy from making a big shot versus feeling like you're, like whole year has just been all of those big shots not quite making it. I don't know. I think Paige is still got gonna gonna roar back. And I really like. Can you imagine if we get like Heimberg has been a great uh, addition to the elite crowd? But can you imagine if we get like an elite Paul versus Rick battle and an elite Cat versus Paige battle where both of the where it's not like cats missing putts and page wins but it's like they're both playing at the top of their game and we get that battle in fpo and then we get the same thing in mpo where we either have rick and heimberg battling or rick and paul and heimberg battling i just well this, throw hook him into fpo but yeah here's what I you're want right too. you're right here's what i want too i want and it, they had to fight to get it and 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 I don't think it's there in FPO. I think maybe it's almost there, but just like through early season this year, I still don't think there's like the right amount of respect between Cat and Page. Yeah, probably not. So I'm hoping maybe that's ultimately where I hope like around or a tournament like this is where Page starts to be like, okay, like right. actually she's real good. I gotta I gotta roll with that. Um a few other things that I'm thinking about now that like we kind of dove back in and, and uh, 
just FPO one, uh, Stinchcomb and uh, Madison Walker. Yes. Two two hot geese. Yes. Really good. Had some really good insight watching and and kind of diving deeper in. No, I enjoy, I very much enjoy their commentary. Their commentary was was fantastic, and uh, one of the things that I don't think we talked about a lot at all, or, or not at all, uh, aside from watching like first round FPO, or if you watched Eagle had a practice round he put up, and uh, there was also the OTB skins. This course does not line up for left-handers. No. Well at all. No. So just something to watch out for. And uh, Heather Young dropped some killer rollers. Yeah. Which, uh, that's something we've talked about for probably years now. Like, you see rare amount of rollers from FPL, and it, it can be a game changer. Yeah. Heather Young is going to be one of those ones that in the years coming – it's going to be a lot of fun to watch her game develop. So, that's yeah. It's going to be that's going to be a good one. All right, you want to? Uh, oh yeah, let me run through. I, I was yeah. like halfway through. <laughs> so Hokum in third. Hell of a tangent uh, midway. Macy through. Walker, remember that name. If she's touring, watch out. She's got. I like that game. She's got all the skill set. Just yeah. got to put it all together. Erica yeah. Stinchcomb, uh, who I just talked about, uh, commentator minus three and fifth. Uh, Kona tied with her also uh, minus three had an all right first round all right second round not great third round but yeah. that's kind of the thing Missy Gannon in seventh which another one to pay attention to I think she's gearing up to to make a run Missy's Heather, another solid player Heather Young plus two and eight oh for sure Haley King and Alexis Manduano plus three tied for ninth and then I'll just go 11th because we don't have a 10th. Vanessa Van Dyken at plus four. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that wraps up our Jonesboro. And uh, I think before we get on to the Mid-America Open, I think we'll just quickly hit the Beaver State Fling. Yeah. The Beaver State Fling is now essentially going to be replaced by the Resistance Discs Open, which will be in Rainier, Oregon. Um and it's it'll be a silver series event and it was one of the courses uh i'm told so tyler in our slack group if you if you haven't joined our slack group uh throw stuff at stuff.com there's a join slack link it's an awesome uh disc golf community filled with tons of people from all over the world and there's channels for virtually every interest channels for your local area it's a lot of fun uh check it out if you haven't but uh, Tyler, who is an Oregon resident, uh, said that that um, told me because I was like being like, "Oh my God, these courses are getting replaced. I've never seen this course before." We'll we'll uh, go there. He's like, "Actually, you have. It's 2014 Worlds, and uh, so one of the 2014 Worlds courses." Oh, now I gotta dive in. Yeah. So so now we'll have to. I have to go and revisit 2014 Worlds, which is not a problem at all. Like that was a rad. If, if you want to revisit tournament, if you want to revisit a tournament, 2014 Worlds is probably top five. Uh, I maybe top three. That was the Rick Paul battle. Yeah, the, the Rick Paul. Uh, 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 you know, playoff playoff oh, went five man. six holes or something like that. Uh, finally culminating in in Paul winning um 
But uh, nonetheless, uh, he, he said basically water on almost every single hole. Also, the course is has all that water because the land used to be a nuclear power plant. Okay. And is no longer. So it had the water okay. to cool down the, the reactors um, at that point. So Well, MVP will probably do well there. Nonetheless. Because re- reactor... But uh, so a, that that's good. At least we have a, a tournament on a course that should be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so Beaver State Fling, uh, of course, canceled because there was storm damage to uh, to the the Milo course. But replaced, which is rad. Uh, Ian, hit us up if you're going up there. Maybe we'll find a way to yeah. also be up there and just play Pier Park over and over and over and over. Uh, so the next one, Mid America Open which uh, has been moved off of the Harmony Benz course, which is unfortunate. They're saying due to unplayable Super conditions. unfortunate. Harmony Benz, a, a, a lot of fun on this course, um, but it's been moved now to the uh, the back course at Albert Oakland Park. Um, and uh, we had another Slack member, uh, B-Rad, and Slack, who is a local, has said, uh, has 36 holes, a uh, total of several different layouts, but is generally much shorter and much easier. Let's, less woods golf, less distance uh, on the wide open fairways, less technical shots, less trouble to get into with misplaced shots outside of a couple of holes across a small pond. So um, there still sound like there's a good amount of water on this course, but it could but be a bit of a really birdie ca- fest. Yeah, it doesn't really come into play. Yeah. So, could be a bit of a birdie fest by comparison. I looked at the uh, pictures on UDisc. It does look like a mix of wooded and and pretty wide open holes. So, uh, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, <clears throat> no Ricky Wysocki in this one. Uh, but he probably still wins, right? Yeah, probably they just give it to him. Yeah, like, I would think oh, you so. only scored this much? That, well, especially since Calvin's not there, so it definitely won't win. Well, and now Paul's not there. And now Paul has dropped out as well. Also, no page or cat. So um, this is all kind of leading towards, I guess, players getting ready for, for DDO, right? I feel like, well, is yes. That, is but DDO I also feel the next it, one? It, it, it is. It okay. is. But I just feel like... Um, we just need to keep its name. Glass blown open. Okay. I'm I'm cool with that. Let's just call it GBO. I'm cool with that. People know what I mean. GBO. Yeah. But yeah, which makes sense. It's a big like So Emporio, us- Kansas is is uh disc golf mecca in yeah. the United States and it's deserved. Sure. So uh neither of us are particularly familiar with the course, but I think uh we should do our picks anyway. Yeah, I think you uh won picks again. I'm I'm pretty sure I did because I think I picked Rick to win. Yeah, I also picked uh, both Heather Young and Haley King, who both did uh, not do stuff. I did pick Cat to win, though. Oh, okay, I did. I did pick Cat to win. I mean, we can look at our at our. But grip I'm pretty six positive. Scores. I'm pretty positive you you picked Rick to win. I I definitely did. And I, picked and Paul I had to Heimberg win. in my in my. Yeah, my I had field. Kevin Jones and and Paul McBeth in mine, so it's for sure you. So do you save your grip six picks when you pick them, or do you? Cha- I do. You I change do. them afterwards. No, no, I keep them. I keep. I'm locked in. Um, okay. But uh, so you go first because you won. All right. Is that yeah, how it works? I think so. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll do MPO first, and uh, in third place, I am taking Paul Uliberry. 
In third place, I'm going to take James Conrad. Oh, did you just change that? You you kind of looked at me like Rob and I also had Uliberry in third place. I wasn't sure where I wanted Uliberry. That helped me decide where I wanted him. I will pick him in a second, though. In second place, I'm taking Kevin Jones. I'm going to take Uli in second. Oh, okay. I see what's going on here. And in first place, I'm taking James Conrad. And I'm taking Dickerson. All right. I like that. I like that. I I really we talked about this before uh, when we revealed our picks to each other, and there may have been some some well, yeah we might some we might jockeying. well we realized because we so were really we really close. Well, we also so <laughs> as Robin pulled his up, we both realized at the same time that Paul McBeth was no longer an option. Yeah, we both had him. Suddenly, I, think, I didn't to have take a pick. this down. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then I was like, shit, let me pull mine up. Oh yeah, I don't. Yep, that's yeah, a real thing. Yeah. Because how could you not pick Paul McBeth in this? All right, so FPO. Wait, uh, wait, wait. Let me just point out. This is a. This is like a slam dunk. Eula Berry just destroy an easy course. Yeah, I think so. Right. If it's not crazy bomber course. Yeah. Like no, a this, little bit this of is, like I'm I'm I think I think Yuli's gonna do some work. Yeah, I I could see it too. Okay. So, uh, so FBO in third place, I am taking. Rebecca Cox. I'm gonna change my not <laughs> Not that not that I had Rebecca Cox who I don't, but I just don't want our first and second to be the same. Okay. So in third place, I'm gonna take Heather Young. Okay. All right. In second place, I'm taking Heather Young. In second place, I'm gonna take Vanessa Van Dyken. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Okay. All right. In in first place, I'm taking Sarah Hokum. As am I. Yeah. I, you know what? I realize she's playing too well I, to ignore. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take my my FPO back because I didn't save it. I actually pulled Conrad out. Oh, okay. Well, you said take your FPO back. I mean my Conrad's MPO. A, I'm my MPO, MPO player. Uh, so and this doesn't matter. Uh, I saved it. I actually in third place have Casey White. Oh, okay. Uh, Casey White. So who, replacing who? Conrad. Okay. All right. Cool. I like it. Yeah. That's good. Then we got different. We got fully. We do. Things. And I did that earlier and it didn't save for some reason. Yeah. And I just realized in my mind, I was like, I need to talk more about Casey <laughs> White from Jonesboro to make me feel better about choosing him <laughs> top three for this course. So, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. There will be coverage of Jomez and I think Gatekeeper and GK Pro again. So. We should have, but it's Silver Series, so I think at best we'll only get final round live, if that. I haven't checked on any of that. I assume so. I assume but. so. I'll be totally, I'll be very transparent, and Robin kind of already said it. Without it being Harmony Benz, I'm not as pumped. Yeah, so final day will be live. Cool. That's true. And it won't be a no gatekeeper. It'll be GK Productions, no Jomez. Uh, GK Productions will be FPL lead card, and NPL lead card is actually Central Coast. Oh hell yeah! Now I'm actually so, extra pumped. So, um, and hope maybe uh, we're we're talking uh, final day live will be Ian. Uh, that would be sick. Oh, I'm. Sh- I would Ooh. imagine since he's doing. Oh, I think so. I think you're right. NPL lead card that he would then be on the uh, DGN. Uh, so you think we get <laughs> think we can get Ian on next Wednesday? I uh, I would say probably not. But maybe, 
We should. We're due. We're overdue. We're for, way overdue for, for some for, for some episode. Ian in our lives. So, oh, why am I? Doing so that? yeah. Sorry. All right. Are you ready to do a deer review, Joe? I am. All right. It is time for our world famous deer review. Our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight. We have the Discmania Essence, an eight-speed, six-glide, minus-two-turn, one-fade control driver, and we're pairing that with Crypto Stash by Hop Valley Brewing Company. Cryo Stash. Oh, Crypto Stash. You're still got, that Dogecoin. I, I got that Dogecoin You're on the mind. You're still Dogecoin. I got that Dogecoin. Uh, so Cryo Stash by Hop Valley Brewing Company, an 8.7% Imperial IPA. Where do you want to start, Joe? Disc, beer, or Dogecoin? Oh, I don't know enough about my crypto yet. Uh, let's so go Dogecoin beer. initially started as an let's absolute joke, which then transformed. I know, which is hilarious. <laughs> and now I downloaded Coinbase and I'm thinking about it. So let's go to the beer. <laughs> All right. So 8.7% Imperial IPA, Hop Valley Brewing Company. Um, it's another California one. Um, we, we have more beers coming from listeners from other places soon, but we had to default to a, a California brewery for this one but um this is this is very very smooth i'm it is but you know what here i'm gonna read their little thing on the side but before i even read that um although it's west coast uh it reminds me a ton of like michigan beers like it's more in that and maybe like it's been sitting in the fridge at my local place for a while. Okay. But I'm getting that more like uh like malty dank. Kinda. Yeah, dank. Dank yeah. flavor for sure. Okay. More than I'm I'm used to in like a West Coast. So cryo hops pellets are a patent pending hop product in which the lupulin gland, which all its resins with all its resins oil and oils is cryogenically separated at sub-zero temps. The result, enhanced flavor and aroma. Maybe East Coast has been doing it right the whole time and they just like got all the right flavors out of it. But it definitely, and, and tell me if you're differing because we have two different beers and I know there's something that I see in, in coolers all around this place. So there's a chance that I've grabbed one that's been sitting somewhere for hella long. But I definitely get way more like malty, yeah, dankness. Totally agree. Than like a West Coast hop, yeah. On this, yeah, no, totally. Um, it is smooth as shit for an eight seven. It, it's it's more sweet and and like kind of you know totally use the term yep. malty whenever that comes through too. Uh, but it's it's a lot more sweet and I don't know. There's I, not big bitters. No, not, not really. Big IBUs. Not really. It's kind of like a. Yeah, it's like a super. It's like um, founders. Not everyday IPA or uh, all day IPA. They have. Oh, I'm forgetting the name of their like go to just kind of IPA, but it reminds me of that with less IBU, and then it's eight point seven, which is kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it, it's certainly pretty smooth. As far as the overall flavor, um, there's a little bit of heat if you if you chug a little. Yeah, bit. I, I feel like the 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 taste, it, like the the finish, gives you more booze than anything else. But it it's it's really pretty sweet as far as it goes. I'm getting a little bitter now that I hit it a little bit harder. I think it's just like the finish is is a little bit 
it's sweet and then it kind of dries your mouth out. Yeah, that yeah. gives you, you know. Kind of reminds but, me of the, uh, what was it called? That like triple IPA yeah. mother wolf. I, yeah. Not as brutal. I would put this in the forgettable Imperial IPA category. Which is like a growing category. Yeah, with it's that a said, huge category. With that said, this is sold cheaply in stovepipes. Yeah. All around yeah, but, the but world in which we here's live. Here's this. Lagunitas puts Maximus in stovepipes now. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, and Sierra Nevada does big little thing in stovepipes. Yeah. At, so I mean, not even I yeah. wouldn't. Even, no, no, I wouldn't go back to this. I would, it's not a bad beer. Let, let me take a step back. It is not a bad beer. There's comparable beers, for sure, that I'd rather have beyond this. Um, we've been in many situations where we've been in random liquor stores outside of our area because Sonoma, we're just beer wealthy, uh, where. Maybe there's not great options. If this was sitting there and I, my only other choice was like here here's my, my thing. Right, go ahead. When when you put Imperial IPA on your label, I expect a fairly intense hop flavor to be up front. And I don't think I really get that with this beer. I think I get the first thing I noticed is kind of that like more malty sweet flavor. And then it gets a little bit of a bitter finish, but I don't get... Here's the world that we don't understand. And I maybe don't get you do. hops up front. Maybe you do, and and I don't. Um, we see a lot of double, triple Imperial that are all kind of similar... I don't. I. I will, I'm uh, being far too honest right now. I don't know the difference between a an Imperial and a double... Triple makes a little more sense, but I feel like Imperial Double are kind of like um, the same thing, and maybe there's something different that makes it a little more malty. I don't know. But yes, I would rather have those other... I'd rather have a much hoppier beer than this. Um, but I'm not stepping out and saying it's an awful beer. No, no, no. I, I wasn't saying that. In a pinch, I'd have no problem purchasing purchasing this again. But I would rather have, yes, a big little thing or a Maximus. Yeah. Or, I mean, honestly, for like 2% less, I'd rather have a stovepipe of, of yeah. Dale's Pale. Um, so it, just in general, like an Imperial IPA versus a double IPA, it, it's more or less synonymous uh, right. for, for yeah, what yeah. they are. Like they're... they're, they're could technically be differences, but in terms of the labeling and what it is, right. it, they're more or less the same thing. So uh, to me, when I compare it to these other IPAs where I'm getting that really nice, like crisp hop flavor to this one, I get just up front. It's kind of sweet. And you know, I, I wasn't really expecting that. So. Right. It, it makes me just think hangover with the sweetness. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's actually what I was getting to next. Yeah. Was, I was like, I might not feel great. Like, tomorrow. I think technically, I feel like Maximus is is an imperial. It is. Yeah, yeah. I well, Maximus, Maximus is nine percent. Yeah, I'd rather have, so, I'd rather do that for yeah. multitude of reasons. And big little thing is what eight? No, that's at, at least nine. Oh yeah. We, did, we reviewed that, didn't we? We did. We did. I, I almost want to <laughs> say. We should probably remember that, I right? I almost want to say it's 10, but I'm like, 
That's yeah. Probably too much. Ooh. All right, you ready to get onto the disc? Yeah, I want you to start it off while I look up big little thing. All right, so the Disc Mania Essence, we have this in two plastics, which is important because we had um, significantly different experiences with those two plastics. But we have a uh, neoplastic and geoplastic, but this is an eight speed, six slide, minus two turn, one fade. Um, I threw this disc for the first time for a whole round. I used it as my primary driver and I used it in the geoplastic. And my first impression with that disc was that I was throwing a like seven to eight speed, um, five glide zero to minus one turn and you know like one fade disc yeah and when i saw the numbers on it i was like what there's no way i threw this like 10 times and it's base plastic and it was base this was the base plastic geo is the base plastic for this run and i was like this can't be real um and then we got the neo version of it and which is the next step up and through it and all of a sudden we found an understable disc so i don't know if we have a freak base plastic version of the essence but um or a freak premium i from everything i've read and seen we our premium plastic is what yeah the regular thing so and then all of a sudden i throw the premium plastic one which logic generally in disc golf suggests that as you move up in plastic quality the stability also yep. increases the overstability increases i should say for the those of you out there that want to fight about what stability means um, or get straighter <laughs> sorry sorry yeah yeah but um regardless of how you feel about that, you should understand what we mean in increase. So the base was way beefier than the base was way beefier than the premium. It wasn't even. It was insane. Like it was almost like a a like you know neutral fairway driver type. But then we get to the like I threw it in similar are on similar Thunderbird lines, mm -hmm. and it wasn't that different. Yeah. So, um, interesting disc. I, I don't know what to honestly make of it at this point because I feel like I need to throw a couple more different plastics and different versions. I, I'm, I'm basing it off of the premium. Yeah. Because, I, I, because it flew closer to the actual numbers that they give. I think that's the way to go. Um. And with that said, like the base plastic, the Neo, um, beat up real hard, real quick. Yeah. Got some, got As some a, chunks. Cosmetically was still, you know, decently stable. Um, but I mean, I, I would rather go by the, the, the premium also because it's, you know, made by lat 64 It's very close to lucid, which they if you've been listening both. to this, yeah. Yeah, if you, but I'm just saying, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that uh, Lucid has a very soft spot in my world. Mm -hmm. I love that plastic. You know, I've never thrown a base plastic driver from DD or LAT or any of them. Yeah. I've only thrown the putters. And and Neo seems to be the only uh, plastic Maybe. that's available. 
Maybe when we talk about inconsistencies in plastics, maybe we need to buy base plastic trespasses. Maybe. Maybe that's the life we're looking for. So sure. I'd say that just to bring up, and and uh, and then we'll dive deeper into the disc. Um, I'm not going to say we've talked shit, but we've definitely talked about like inconsistencies of plastics and runs in dynamic discs in the past when they were molded by Innova. Like, there's a reason... The second run FD is a thing or the second run PD2, like all these things, because it's just inconsistent and you do it one year and you, you do the same thing the next year. And because of your plastics or your molding or the heat or whatever, it's a different disc. Um, for a long time, I, I have said that I felt like DD or dynamic disc really had like this great consistency. And I love that. And recently uh my moonshine my main moonshine trespass i throw all the time has gotten a little flippier than i want it's still great i still love it but i've been trying to like add something in like other trespasses in to like slowly wear to the same and i put a brand new brand new max weight moonshine trespass flippy as shit in comparison to this moonshine i've been throwing forever and it's been like for Robin and I with trespasses, there's a way more inconsistency than I think we ever really wanted to admit or realized. Yeah, it's all over the place. Um, we can jump back in this just, but I'm just saying that's another possibility that the essence that we have is well, inconsistent, so, but I feel like it's consistent because it kind of goes real close to the numbers. Think about it this way. So like the tilt that they put out, they could only do in base plastic because it was not reacting well out of the mold in their premium plastics. Right. And it's and I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So the tilt is still fairly stiff and very overstable. And it's like, well, maybe the fact that their base level plastic for this run of discs is so stiff that it's still pretty overstable. Like if you feel the two of them, the the neo version is way more flexible that is a great call than than the uh and i haven't the next thing i want to do was compare the the parting line height so the parting line height uh for those of you i'm, I'm sure most of you that are listening know this but the parting line is a disc is molded in two parts so the parting line is the line at which that mold separates. And on that disc, that is literally right around the very front edge of the rim of the disc. So like right around, you'll sometimes see it on discs. There'll be like a little kind of, uh, we call it flashing or something along those lines, along those edges of the disc where it's like extra plastic, like a little kind of ridge all the way around. That's the parting line. And the higher that parting line is, the more overstable a disc is going to be generally. And I would bet, I haven't looked at it, but I would bet that these Geo ones that we threw. Oh, yeah, Geo. I said Neo. You're right, Geo. They were overstable, have a higher parting line than the Neo plastic, which is technically a right. higher grade of plastic. Because of how they each come out of the mold. And because of how they each come out of the mold and cool. Oh, you're so I, smart, Ryan. That's my guess. But I think you're probably right. And I wonder if, in that sense, right, there's been this big push of like, oh, man, I want a premium plastic tilt because I bet it's going to be yeah. 
way beefier. Maybe the, the tilt a, is what it is and, and just love it for what it is. Right. And maybe it's just like they just pump them out in, in base plastic and you just keep uh, yeah. cycling through them as you throw them eight times. And was was Casey shot on Gatekeeper or, or GK? Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Yeah. So if you want to see a tilt shot, check out Casey yeah. Wets on, on, on uh, Gatekeeper. Yeah. So that's that's a very good call. So, um, and it, it could totally be beyond just like their molding devices and the plastic they use. It could also just be like what local temperatures are beyond that too. It's all sorts yeah. of things uh, to take into account. With all that said, <laughs> let's get back to the actual disc. Um, yeah, I feel like we'll we just, haven't really described we what it is yet. We're going to just... I guess what we're saying is we're going to just review it in the premium plastic. Uh, in, in Neo, not Neo. Geo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a nice disc. I mean, that eight, six minus two, one is like very, uh, I mean, makes sense. Um, tons of glide. It was a disc that I did a lot of like, um, I threw it almost every single time with Heiser. And I'll tell you, when it flipped up, it would go straight for a while with some turn, and it would always like finish left if I popped it the right way. Um, or I threw it flat, it would just turn over, not come back. But I had a good amount of throws, and by good amount, maybe like four, where I um, put it on Heiser, and I was trying to do a nice little like Heiser flip, turn to flat glide and I didn't put enough juice on it um, or I put it too high. I did both those things and it went real far, uh, but didn't turn over and come back and uh, sucked. <laughs> like there are bad throws just for that sense. Um, so like, Oh yeah. So I just put oh, yeah, I just sure. put the essence in two different plastics on a on a flat piece of plywood in front of Joe. And uh not only is the parting line higher on the geo plastic version by a lot. By a lot. Like like full on like a full millimeter. At least. At least. But look how domey the Neo one is versus so the Geo more. one. Like they they look like different discs. This like, is like I, I'm almost like uh just buy a whole bunch of geo like i almost like the i like the i'll take it i'll say it that way i like the geo better than neo so, i like the stability version that was like we were kind of like robin was kind of falling in love with the disc when we were throwing it um and then we looked at reviews and read about what people were saying and we're like uh we need to get a premium one because this is like in terms weird. of difference in flight that we saw this was like second run FD versus regular FD. Like one of them was ridiculously understable and the other was inexplicably stable. Yeah. And the reason is, just like we just said on the podcast, uh, is that the parting line, the essence in the geoplastic, at least the one we have, is ultra flat and the parting line height is also ridiculously higher compared and then the neoplastic one is domey and has a lower parting line yeah so it as a result is a glidey way more understable disc than its 
you know, base plastic counterpart. With They're that, like different discs. Right. I don't... While that is very interesting, I don't understand why you make a disc that does that. Like, I, if you need to have your disc carry its same characteristics through its plastic ranges, and if it doesn't, it needs to be logical. Like, base plastic needs to be... Like, base to, to high-end plastic needs to have some sort of, like, you know... One, they need to be in the same similar range type of disc. And maybe they proceed from like understable to more overstable. But it, it can't be like a different disc. And in my opinion, the Geo one is literally a different disc. Well, here's here's the thing. So this might be like the real uh, the real factor. When we talk about disc mania, we talk about this all forever. And we'll go back to the end of a molded whatever. Um it could be a business model issue where it's like, I know this isn't right, but we printed, we molded all of these and I can't lose the money. So we're, we're just, just ship. Em. We're just ship them. Yeah. You know, that same thing, like where you, um, and like, nobody, cares, like nobody think, cares about base plastic. Cause, anyway. cause, because there's no, um, disc golf trader Joe's. Yeah. You know, there's not a place where you'd be like, Hey, can I just like, give you 15,000 discs and you can throw your own thing on and like whatever yeah. and sell it at a discount. Uh-huh. Um, like that doesn't exist. Just like, let's just do it. Let's just yeah. do it. It is what it is. Uh, and maybe now we've got collectors that people want or whatever. Yeah. Uh, not a, I mean, I say not a good business model, but it's worked out all right for, yeah, I mean, mania. so if if you're looking for the numbers that you want, get a Neo Essence. Yes. Um, and go from there. Now, uh, the Geo Essence that came in the mystery box, right? It did. Yep. So I don't because I don't see Geo Essences on on sites anywhere. Yeah, I'm only seeing the Neo one. So it's possible that this is a problem that is uh, really just like, uh, you know elite disc golfer problems which is like we bought a hundred dollar mystery box and we got a disc that you know was limited and you can't get more but the other good or bad thing or whatever for disc mania the good thing i guess is um you throw this thing 25 times and it's not fine that way because it's base plastic and it's already i mean we threw it 20 times in total yeah or less and it is yeah. chunked up hard but i think for the the purpose of this review and what this disc does the neo essence that we threw was glidey understable, understable and uh i like i i think it's pretty dead on to the numbers that we saw that uh they yeah. listed like the the eight speed minus two glide uh or sorry <laughs> minus two glide <laughs> eight that, speed when, six glide six minus glide. two turn minus two turn fade. Yeah, I'll tell you. What, I think that's pretty dead on. I mean, what it reminded me of a ton, and it took me a minute. I had to like go back to our reviews, our old reviews, to be like, "What? There's something this just reminds me of a ton." Um, it was the mantra. Yeah, I'd rather throw a mantra. Totally, hundred percent. Eight days a week, hundred percent. But very similar to the mantra. Um, little more stable. Like it's probably closer to an escape than a mantra in the sense of like. Mm-hmm. If you don't pop it right, it's just going to hold that hyzer and, and get yeah. out. Uh, but, you know, it's a nice disc. And I feel like this is their um, attempt. 
and possibly they'll continue to tool a little bit. But when we talked earlier, like I feel like, yeah, in so, the seven five minus two one world of an FD, this might be where they're trying to yeah cut that guy out. Yeah. So here's my overarching concern, which is that we've now seen this in two separate ways. The tilt couldn't be made in premium plastic because it was not, you know, maintaining its tilty enough. Its tiltness, and we now see the same mold in two different plastics behaving wildly different. And is this just an issue with the evolution line that they cannot produce the same shape in in multiple plastics, like in in their you know lines let's go beyond that like i said earlier is this a disc mania issue of not willing to say this doesn't meet quality standards like if i were disc mania i would would say yeah we can't do that we can't do that but we already printed x amount let's call it something different let's put them in some mystery boxes (laughs) no let's just call it a different disc let's call it yeah something else like that'll work just as well Yeah, why not like this is the uh, the e science. Like I don't care. Like just a little different. Like it's a different disc. Call it something different, and people will love it. Like, yeah, it could be the essential. I guarantee <laughs> that's why there's so many freaking Innova molds that they're like, uh, shit. shit. These didn't come out right. So here is your um, Cobra. Shit. What what was the, the oh whatever it was? They had some shit that. Anyways, anyway, yeah, exactly. The Cobra, Cobra, yeah, all that shit is just like it came out the mold weird. <laughs> Here's your Stingray or your mind, your it. Manta or your like V right. Stingray or your totally whatever it's, it is. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You should Sorry. you you won. You're uh, a person. I gotta call you out on this. I'm especially wrong on this. You one. you have I'm especially you have wrong been vocal one. about calling out Nate Doss on his especially, and you said exactly multiple times. And it's exactly. X, I know, there's an it just, X. It there's like no a, G. It sounded like there's no a lisp when one, I One, there's it no that I way. or G. No, you're hundred percent right. So yep. I just yep. I just gotta. And you, you like, you're one of those people. You, you don't. I like, appreciate it. I want to learn from this. Yeah, it's important. It's important. Well, that's all we got for you in this episode of the disc golf podcast oh, no 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 we don't stop <laughs> stop we didn't give her we didn't tell them if we're going in our bag either the drinks any of this stuff you're right this is exactly zero out of four exactly you're right exactly uh, but what what disc <laughs> do you carry instead of the essence uh i mean so for me uh, i use uh i mean that probably fds would be my my choice I think between like a, a wave and an FD or like your yeah, two like somewhere in there pieces for, there for what I would do for that. And I still have uh, escapes, which are, are yeah. the the yeah. you know this might go a little bit further than escape. I mean, it it the, the I, neo I one certainly well goes. It it it's a it's a fun disc. It does. the The glide is real. The glide is real. Like I I there were times that I might even like tell you it's like a seven, like in the mantra world where that yeah. like it just kept going. But it's also like touchy and weird where that glide could be in real bad places. Mm-hmm. Um, the beer, will I drink it again? I mean, probably if that's all I can find. But I'm not about to like get it yeah. to bring on the course. This, is, this was a, a a whiff for me. I don't. 
This is uh, there are numerous other options that I feel give a better hop profile, and I I just yeah it it was okay, but I I don't love it. I mean, over four. I know we hit on a few, but out of the six, I guess out of the twelve picks between the two and I, the two the two of us, uh, Jonesboro, we're real close. Just. Being over four on our on our picks, we yeah. we did pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I I picked the win the winner and I picked the winner in FPO. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't. We uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're better than this. Just so, like this, this, just like this. Dear so review. we're we're uh, we're over four on on this one. Neither of us is going to bag the essence. Uh, the beer was uh, not not distinguishable. Yeah. I would say. Yeah um distinguished so uh what what's uh what are you going to give this deer review joe mm. exactly how many things are you gonna- uh, <laughs> sorry i mean it should be beyond this but uh real close just page pierce wins this year oh man how quickly the mighty have fallen. Remember, remember a month ago we were talking about nine ninety six rated and like on the precipice. Gonna hit thousand, just gonna destroy everything. And since that moment, it has been nothing but but just well that's that's because cat listens disappointing. Cat cat loves our show. It wasn't even about Cat. Like, Pages I'm has not played well. True, but Cat I mean, if you just let's look at Jones I mean in general she's played well. Jonesboro out of her mind yeah yeah totally all right well that's all we got for you in this episode of the disc golf podcast for real this time check out our website throw stuff at stuff.com you could find a link to our slack group it's in the join slack main navigation bar best disc golf community in the entire world next patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast if you love our show you will love the pre-shows that we put out before every single episode there's now like a lot of them i it's like 150 60 i don't know whatever we started doing them like episode 80 of this podcast something like that that's crazy and we've we've kept doing it so there's like a you know like a lot hundreds a lot of them but i don't know is it hundreds yet Probably? It's not hundreds. I don't think so. I think I think it'd be pretty easy to do the math of over a hundred. Sorry, not hundreds. Two, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I meant over a hundred. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. I'm pretty sure if you subtract eighty yes, from two hundred and thirty, you would get like we're two hundred and thirty one. So that'd be hundred and fifty one episodes, right? When I said hundreds, I meant over a hundred. Yeah. That's my okay. bad. I apologize. I hope I did that math right. I suck at math. I think I'm you got so it. So suck at math. You're pretty good at math. But uh uh nonetheless. Pre-shows, they're fantastic. We have a good time. Uh, it sometimes get way more explicit than the main show, and other times just, you know, give you fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, we do. sometimes we just, you know, delve deep into our personal world and tell you all about, like, everything going on. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe uh, Joe does that sometimes. I did, I did that, <clears throat> like, last episode. But yeah. Check it out, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. Lastly, uh, throw some reviews on us on Apple Podcast. It's been a minute. I haven't seen some new ones lately. And um, the the latest one, while it is five stars, uh, calls me out for making fun of Joe. So, um, which I, I will admit I do. 
So that's that's on me. And I'll admit, I'm fine with it. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe it's okay. It's it's fine. But I would like some some new reviews. And if you want to call us out for making fun of Joe and those two, that's fine. I, I'm totally cool with that. So, in the meantime, get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless. But those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to lay it up And fucking outrun an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you wanna put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say Hey, I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it Smoothly, I'm gonna toss it so sweetly. And then you say, Hey, I hit some metal. And then you say, Wait a minute, Robin. I think I'm starting to get it now. Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork. What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me, it's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you. What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA, so let's go to the bar. And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly. And then I'll fucking hook it softly. And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly. But then I'm gonna hook it.